We're going to continue to um, dig into God's Word this morning in the book of Acts. This series is focused towards the different world of the establishment of the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week on Pentecost, we talked about how the Holy Spirit equips um, the people for what it is that is new in this different world, and um, that out of that now, they they have to sort of figure some stuff out. Um, last week, we um, highlighted that the Holy Spirit had come, this supernatural activity, extraordinary thing, tongues of fire falling on people's heads, and I mean, just a, one of those incredible moments that you think about the power of being in that room. And then well, the next story is an equally powerful story, because it shows Peter in the temple courts among the Jewish leaders and rulers um, speaking of who Jesus is. And he's establishing that this whole thing that's going on with the Holy Spirit is always about Jesus. And so they have these two supernatural things because Peter's not equipped to do that by himself, of course, right? We know he's a fisherman, a very simple man, a person who doesn't have a lot of sort of the, um, you know, the academic book learning that um, might call him educated. He is a simple man, and yet he's equipped through the power of the Spirit to do an extraordinary thing of giving a testimony to who God is. And now we get this passage at the end of excuse me, chapter 2, where we really get to see them moving even beyond the supernatural to what does it look like day to day? What is the church going to be about? What is the church going to focus on in sort of what happens next? And one of the things that we're going to hear about is something that, of course, we long to do. We were able to do it to some degree this morning um, in the parking lot, and that is celebrating the fellowship. I mean, we, we want that, don't we? We want to be in the same space. There are people that you want to give hugs to, that you want to be able to give a handshake to, that you want to see face-to-face -face and not have the face mask on and feel silly while you're doing it. And um, we want to be able to uh, not have to worry about sanitizing everything and all that other sort of stuff, we want to be able to fellowship because there's something powerful about that, isn't there? There's, in fact, I would even say that that's the thing that we've missed the most about the last three months, that there has been this longing among all of us to simply be together, to, to share the love that we have with freedom to be able to share that love, however it is that we are used to do it. We're, we're, we're so, um, we're longing, for, that's, that's something that has sort of been laid bare. You can be an introvert, you can be a person who likes to be on your own, but eventually it catches up to you and you still want people around you. There's something about the fellowship, and we want to understand more this morning about how we celebrate the fellowship that God has given us, because there's something distinct and unique about what we have. No one else has it. The world can't offer it in the same way that the church can. So how do we celebrate the fellowship that God has given us and be equipped by it in such a way that it glorifies Him? To that end, let's pray. Father, be present through the power of your word. May we understand more about what the body is supposed to be focused on this morning, how it is that we show devotion to you, so that, Lord, we can see more of the spirit among us. We can see more of the spirit in our world. We can see your kingdom grow. Lord, we ask that you, um, that I, I ask that I disappear, 
that you speak through me, that you appear in our homes, in our, wherever it is that we are, Lord, is appear in those places and move among the hearts of your people as they long to follow you, as they long to um, be in relationship with you, as they long to know your love. We pray these things all in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to dig into Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42, and we're going to start with the first verse. It simply says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So we hear that the, the uh, early church is focused on these four things. The, the apostles' teachings to fellowship, hanging out together, that they are devoted to the breaking of bread, gathering in meals, and certainly communion, or uh, a little bit different than how we sort of experience it, and we'll experience it at the end of the service. Um, but there was that idea of fellowship around the table, and finally, that they were united in prayer. But that's all sort of modern by that first word, devoted. And we can sort of think about that word in one way, and, but it, we, you know, I have the job of looking at the original, original Greek, the language that this was written in. And that word devotion comes from a word, and it's very close to devotion in English, but there's a couple little addendums, and I don't want to mispronounce it. I was stumbling over it a couple times this week. It's very close to devotion, but it's a difficult word to translate. It's a difficult word to translate because there's so many different sort of nuances that the different translators put on it. Acts has a lot of commentaries out there. It's one of the books that receives the most commentary from scholars because, rightfully so, it's the establishment of the church. And as you look at these different commentaries, you're going to find that word devotion is, is many different things. But I want us to think this morning about sort of single-mindedness. And to put that in, put, that, put us in that right place, I want us to think about it this way. Moms, and what, there's one mom in the room here this morning. That mom, I guarantee you, the night before her first child was born, was pretty focused her, folk, her whole thinking was probably around what it meant to be a mom for the first time. Is that correct? Nod your head yes. That whole, that whole moment is about what sort of mom am I going to be? How is labor and delivery going to go? Is he or she going to be healthy? Is everything going to be all right? It's a single-mindedness that comes from this important thing going on in our lives. Let me put it differently for some of you um, who might understand the day before your wedding, right? You think about the day before your wedding, the day before you, you got married. What were you thinking about on that day? Is everything going to go okay? Am I going to be a good husband? Am I going to be a good wife? Is Uncle Bob going to do that stupid thing that messed up my brother's wedding? You know, all those sorts of things might be going through your mind, but it's a single-mindedness focused towards this really important, valuable thing in your life. That's devotion. That's the sort of thinking that I want us to think about when we think about that word devotion. The uh, uh, disciples were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to breaking bread together and to prayer. There was a single-mindedness. Yes, they could have other stuff that would come in. 
They could have life show up, but that life didn't distract them enough to take them away from their devotion. Their minds quickly returned to those things of God. That's what we're talking about here. Which means that the early church was looking for the Spirit. They were looking for the Spirit. And I want you to capture that phrase in your mind for a moment. We're going to come back to that in a moment. The early church was looking for the Spirit. Verse 43 says this, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now what's interesting is we don't get those things named here and it's you wonder okay is it from other parts of the book of Acts is some of the other things that happen because there are miracles that um, the disciples were a part of and is that what they're talking about very possibly we just know that there was something extraordinary about what was going on through the apostles. There was powerful movements of God that were clear because of what it was that the apostles were doing enough that the people were filled with awe and wonder in looking for it. But that's the thing. They were looking for it. They were seeking the spirit. We said that earlier, right? They were seeking the spirit. And because they were seeking the spirit, they could see the things of God in a whole host of places. Because you always find what you're looking for. Anyone ever lost their keys? You lost your keys somewhere? Jeff was looking for his keys already this morning. Have you found them? Okay, well, I know where your other set is, because I just found them a little bit ago. You were looking for two sets of keys. You're, and, and you found them, why? Because you were looking for them. If you're focused on something to look for it, you're going to find it. If you have your keys lost in your house, all of a sudden, you can see, you can see hairbands. Maybe you were looking for a hairband before, but you don't see that hairband anymore because you're looking for keys. If you're looking for your keys, then you may see a bill that you forgot to pay, but you're not looking for that bill. You're looking for your keys. You're focused towards that thing that you, you want to find, and in so doing, you usually will find it unless you dropped your keys in a sewer or something like that, you're probably going to find your keys. How much are we looking for the Spirit? How much are we making our focus in our lives about the Spirit? And I want to think about that in terms of our contemporary reality right now. Because we are living in a difficult world, right? We live in places where there are demonstrations. We live in places where there is violence. We, we see on television, we see racial strife, disagreement. We see different views and perspectives about the police. We see all this different stuff that we can, when we are looking for it, we can find it. But in so doing, we can miss the things of the Spirit. We can miss them. But if we're looking instead for the things of the Spirit, you know what we're going to find? The Spirit. That's what you're going to find. 
You will find things in the Spirit. If you are looking for strife, if you are sitting there in your house, if you were watching, I don't care if it's Fox News or MSNBC or CNN, if you were looking on your apps this morning at news and different stuff, and you were saying, oh, what a horrible world this is, guess what? You're going to find what you're looking for. You're going to find a horrible world. But instead, these people were filled with awe and wonder because they were devoted to the Spirit. They were looking for the Spirit, and you know what they found? Spirit. And if we look for the Spirit in our world, instead of having eyes to see only the strife, the disagreement, the division, the violence, the political upheaval, if we are only looking for that, we will find it every time. But if we're looking for the Spirit, we will find the Spirit every time. We will find people having conversations about race that they've never had before and ways that are healing and bringing people together. We will find people walking through different challenges. For example, I've been talking to people over the course of our quarantine, and I have had several people to say to me, my prayer life has never been so healthy. I have never worshipped so much. They're online with Jeff on Tuesday and Friday evenings. They're listening on Sunday morning. Maybe they're reading my devotional that I send out every day or watching it on Facebook or Instagram. And then on Sunday morning, when we're done here, they're looking at other churches. They're worshipping like two or three times on a Sunday because they can from the comfort of their own home in their pajamas. That can happen. That means the spirit is more alive in some people's hearts and minds throughout this because of what's going on. If you're looking for the Spirit, you will find it. If you're looking for the difficulty and the strife of this world, you find that too. What is, that, what is it that you and I are devoted to? And in our devotion, are we going to find it? Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. Verses 44 and 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And we hear this. And of course, initially, we think financial. And that's appropriate. It's appropriate for us to think about that it, that way. Because that's really the fundamental of what's going on, but that's not all that's going on. This is financial, but it's not just financial. You see there, they had everything in common. They gave to each other as what? They had, what's the word? Need. As there was need. Are all the needs within this community financial? Of course not. There are many needs in this community besides financial. Yes, there are some that are financial. There are people who are struggling with employment right now. They're underemployed. They're unemployed. They need help. We can provide that. God be praised. You have blessed the um, Love Your Neighbor Fund very strongly, and we are very much equipped to do that. If you have a specific financial need because you are underemployed right now, please contact us. Let us know. We have the opportunity and the ability to help you, and we want to do that moving forward. God be praised. We can meet the financial needs, but those are not the only needs. I was 
interacting with somebody this morning. She lives on her own. Another guy, he lives on his own. You know what their need right now is? Loneliness. Isolation. They don't get to be with people. Maybe you have somebody else in your home, in your life that you can interact with. Their need is loneliness. How can we, how can we meet that need? Connection. We can make those calls, send those texts, have those FaceTimes, whatever it is with those people who are isolated because we can meet need. What other needs are there? Well, I'll highlight this one because it's contemporary. Mario, one of the people of color in our community, needs people to listen and people to interact with him, have conversation about how he's perceiving and experiencing all the challenge that we're going through. Is that a fair statement, Mario? Mario longs for that. He needs people to not ignore the fact that he is not white as you have this conversation, because that's part of what happens sometimes, right? I'm white, someone else is not. I'm fearful of having conversation. I'm going to hurt, I'm going to insult. Mario needs the conversation. I can provide it. We can meet each other's needs if we put up our antenna, turn on our radar, and seek to be sensitive. Not just an emotional sensitivity, but a spiritual sensitivity. There are moms right now who are struggling because their kids are driving them crazy. They have needs. There are, there are any number of things going on. There are people in our community who don't know what it is that their needs are, but they know they have them. How do we discover those together? We live in relationship and community. That's what was going on. That's, that's the power of them being devoted to the fellowship. And in that devotion, what happens? The Spirit shows up and all those needs they get aware of them, they see them, they understand them, and then they can meet them. That's what the blessing of the body of Christ is. And that's certainly a challenge right now, right? We can't get together. We can't like sit for an hour down in the fellowship hall and sit and talk. How's your experience been going on? What's happening? What's going on? You're right. We can't do that right now. It's not easy to do that. But we can figure it out if we're creative. If we work a little bit harder at it, if we're willing to get on the phone, if we're willing to be on FaceTime, if we're willing to learn new technology, and you're going to tell me, oh, that's too much work. You know who says that, you know, you know what sort of person says, oh, that's not too much work? One who is devoted to it. A person who has devotion says, no, that's not too much work because I'm going to focus on the things that God has called me to do, living into the fellowship, seeking out the needs, and living into those needs in such a way that we can see the Spirit because we're looking for it. We're looking for it, we're seeing it because we're living together in devotion to the Spirit. It's the power of what the fellowship authors, and as the passage closes, it says this. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily who were being saved. 
Now you notice, and this is important, devotion is a daily activity of believers in order to live into that. What does it say again? It says right at the beginning, every what? Day. How, what day? Tuesday? Sunday? Sunday. It's Sunday. It had to be Sunday. It didn't mean every day. Sunday they focused on being devoted to God. Because frankly, it's easy to do that, right? Come to church on Sunday, be a part of service if we can meet. If we can't meet, get in your pajamas at 9.30, turn on things. Oh, maybe, okay, be devoted. Uh, Sunday, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more. Tuesday and Friday for worship. Oh, that's devoted. Every day. And who's responsible for that? The apostles? No. Every believer, every day, living in devotion. Friends, we're limited in what we can do right now. But you know what we're not limited in? Digging into this. What we're not limited in is times for prayer. What we're not limited in is lifting up the name of Jesus in song in our own homes, in our own spaces. What we're not limited in is meditating on God's Word day and night. We don't have those limitations. And if your experience of faith is simply that I can't come to church, my faith is suffering, I, friends, I need to challenge you, there's something that's wrong with your devotion. Your devotion should be an everyday activity where this is a beautiful part of it, and this equips you to things that are gorgeous, and I hope that is your experience, and I long for us to come together to re-experience that, but it's not just this, because if it's just this, there's a problem, and we're missing out on experiencing the Spirit's power every day, like the disciples in the early church did. Every day they were seeking out and being devoted to the Spirit, and every day they could see the power of the Spirit within them. And the power of that is that the world saw it. People were being added to their number because the church had something that everyone else wanted. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound familiar that the world wants a place where love is the primary language spoken and expressed? That's the church. Does the world long for a place where people who have needs, those needs are met by other people who care for them and love them, even if they're different? Even if they look different, even if their color is different, or their race is different, or their socioeconomic status is different, or their political views are different. That's the church. So it's a beautiful part about what God has given us in this moment, in this time, and in this place in history, is that we have exactly what the church is looking for. And as we live more deeply into it with devotion to seeing the Spirit at work in the world around us, it becomes powerful and attractive. They enjoyed favor, and the Lord added to their number this every day. They enjoyed favor, why? Because people were looking at the group of people who were gathering in the temple courts and saying, man. That looks beautiful. We've got all these different cultures together praising the name of Jesus. 
You got people together bowing in prayer. You got this person who has a need and this person's meeting it. That's exactly what the world longs for. And friends, we as the church represent exactly that to the world around us. If we're willing to stop the distractions. Here's my encouragement to you in the week ahead. Turn off Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and every other news station. Stop looking at the internet. You think, oh, I won't know what's going on. Yeah, you will. You'll figure it out. It'll happen. Believe me. I don't look at a lot of those things, and I still find out what's going on. It just happens. Stop being distracted by those things which shift your focus away from the Spirit. And find those things where the Spirit is at work. Seek out those things in God's Word. In those places where people are proclaiming who Jesus is. And giving you opportunity to engage in conversations about things like race, economics, politics. In ways that bring people together in love. So that they can find the Spirit's the, the common ground of the spirit and not be distracted by the fights and the disagreement and if we can find a way to do that it's, it's something that the world will see and say we want a part of that because the world doesn't know how to do that right now right nobody does nobody knows common space where we can come together we have that if we are devoted to seeking the spirit you know what that means means we let ourselves go we give up ourselves for the sake of what the fellowship of believers and for the spirit of God that dwells within us we are willing to be humble in our devotion to the spirit to realize the spirit is at work in me and he's changing me I'm going to allow myself to be changed by the spirit today and this week and this month and this year one of the more frustrating things that I have when I look at myself is this. I'm stubborn. I am a stubborn goofball sometimes. And I've got things figured out. I know right. And the hardest job for me sometimes is being able to say, Scott, you still got some work to do. Scott, you still have a lot of work to do. And how do I allow that work to happen? By allowing the Spirit to show me what it is. How do I do that? I'm devoted to the Spirit. I allow, myself be, I allow myself to be guided by the Spirit. And I don't, don't get distracted by the peripheral. And I don't get distracted by what I think is right. Because what I'm consumed by is what the Spirit is leading me toward. And when a whole group of people do that together, the power is beautiful. We're going to sit back and we're going to see the awes and wonders. We're going to see the signs and wonder. I already see that. I see people being changed. I have that privilege as pastor in this community. I see people being shaped and formed by the Spirit in beautiful ways. We can see that together if we have eyes to focus on that. Yes, there's disagreement. Yes, there's division. Yes, there's challenges that we face. I'm just telling you, if you're going to look for them, you're going to find them because they're always going to be there. But instead, let's highlight the things of the Spirit. 
Let's focus on those places where the Spirit is at work. And as we do so, we can trust God's going God's to grow the ministry of his kingdom here. We're going to see the Spirit dwell within us. And we're going to see the beauty of what happens when a, when a group of people is devoted to the kingdom of God. Let's pray together. Thank you for your presence, Lord, with us in union in our homes and in the sanctuary, in our cars, on the trails, wherever it is that we are, Lord, you are with us. And you equip us through the power of your spirit to be a part of the body of Christ. And although we long to experience that physical presence, we do so with expectation, Lord, that you will unite us together when that day comes. But in the meantime, we can know what it means to be united in spirit. Equip us with eyes to see, ears to hear, and to live into deep devotion to you. Not being distracted by the things of this world, but instead being focused on the things that you give to us. We can be people who give you glory in all of those things. We pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.